The Lord is in the house. The Holy Spirit is here. God is good. I say God is good. God is faithful. You know, the enemy is always striking at that. God isn't faithful. God has forgotten you. God didn't come through. You know what? The devil is a liar. God has never failed. Somebody say he's never failed. Do you really believe that? We've got to believe that. We have no other. Who else can we go to? Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Well, our pastors are going to be back Sunday. And in the meantime, you got me. Hallelujah. And I told Brother Mark, I saw him getting in his car. I thought he was leaving when he heard I was preaching, but I, he said, no, he wasn't leaving. He was just going to get her phone. You know, a good husband always helps his wife out like that, right? Isn't that great? All right, let me say this to you before I start preaching tonight. The words that I say are my own. The opinions are my own. They're not necessarily those of Crossroads Church or the leadership here at Crossroads Church, okay? I take full responsibility. All right. And tonight I want to talk to you along the lines of voices and impressions. Near him, hear him. Far away, a price you'll pay. God wants to speak to his people. Most everything God speaks to us comes right from his word, his written word. There are several voices that I would like to, not several, just a few I would like to present tonight. Number one is the voice of wisdom. The voice of wisdom. Now, we all hear voices from time to time. We all have inward impressions, right? The voice of wisdom is, I won't go on, get on a tricycle and go out on 30 and ride my tricycle. It's not necessarily against the law. I don't know that there's any ordinance in the book that says I cannot take a tricycle and ride it on the interstate. I don't know of any law but it wouldn't be wisdom. And you've got to realize that sometimes it's the voice of wisdom that you need to listen to. Sometimes the voice of wisdom takes a little time in our lives to develop, but a few things happen here and there, and then we begin to realize this was not the way to go. I should have always done God's will. Now I want to say tonight... First of all, I appreciate being able to minister tonight. Brother Randall, we need to pray for him. He was supposed to minister tonight, but he's having little health challenges. So we need to pray for him, that the Lord will strengthen and bless him. But I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here tonight and to be with you precious folks. And, you know, I was just sitting over there in the drum cage, and I was thinking, as I was thinking about some of you, I was thinking, man... There's a lot of people in this room that are going through some stuff and have gone through some stuff. And I'm just so thankful that you haven't chunked 
the faithfulness of God out the window and say, well, this stuff doesn't work, and so I'll go try something else. But you are pursuing. You are still reaching. You are still hungry. You, are, you still know that God's way is the only way. The will of God is always the best. Somebody say amen. The will of God is always the best. So there's the voice of wisdom. Now, it's not wisdom. If you hear a voice inside of you that says you need to correct your wife on her hairdo, you haven't heard the voice of wisdom. That's going to get you in trouble. The voice of wisdom says, tell your wife how beautiful she is, even with your eyes closed. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So the voice of wisdom, the voice of wisdom says you don't ask for four pieces of pie. One is enough. Oh, did it get quiet in here? Hallelujah. The voice of wisdom says you don't drive 125 miles an hour down the freeway without some consequences. The voice of wisdom says think before you act. The voice of wisdom says, you know, you probably shouldn't say what you're thinking of saying right now. But if you, if you ignore the voice of wisdom, you'll say it. And when you do... You can't take it back. You can be sorry and you can repent and that's all good. It'd be better to have never said it in the first place. The voice of wisdom. Somebody say the voice of wisdom. Voices and impressions. So the second voice is the voice of the written word. Now let's start with what's written in the Bible. Now we live in a culture today that they say that if we... Uh, take the life of an innocent baby, that's okay. Now, if I read my Bible correctly, in Jeremiah 1 and in Psalm 139, if someone takes a life like that, it is not the voice of the Word of God because God loves life. If somebody says, well, you know, I don't know if I'm a man or if I'm a woman. Remember, these are my comments this doesn't necessarily represent Crossroads Church. You can sue me, okay? I don't know if I'm a man or a woman. Well, all you have to do is look in the voice of the written word, and the voice of the written word says, in the beginning, God created them, what? Male and female. And somebody say, viva la difference. Hallelujah. I'm glad my wife is a woman. Voice of the written word. So as we start with what we know. I heard of a couple one time that were dating, and they got a little worked up in the apartment in the place they shouldn't be. And so they said, you know what? I'd like to go ahead and go a little further with this, but let's pray and ask God, and if it's God's will that we commit fornication, they didn't say that, but that's what it was. If it's God's will that we fornicate, let's, and he, if he doesn't want us to do it, let somebody knock on the door right now so that we'll know God says don't do that. Don't need nobody to knock on the door. God's done written it right here. This is the voice of the written word. Somebody say amen. This is what God says. This will keep us 
safe. This will keep us strong. This will provide the blessings. Amen. Then there is the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Spirit. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. The Bible says that the Spirit said to Philip, Acts 9.29, Go and join yourself to a chariot. Philip heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, and he went and joined himself to a chariot. Then in Romans 8, 16, it says the Spirit bears witness with what? Our spirit. So there's the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the voice of our spirit. I believe it's Proverbs 9, 27. I didn't give them all these scriptures. I didn't know which, you know, which one I was going to give in what order. I believe it's Proverbs 9, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So sometimes you have an impression. Sometimes you have this little, we call it a witness in the spirit. It's just a little impression. It's just something that says, don't do that. It's something that says, don't, don't go there. It's just an impression. Now, if we override the impressions of the Holy Spirit and we don't listen to our spirit that the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to, if we override that, then the next time we'll be a little less sensitive and it could be very dangerous. I remember one time Brother Dallas Plemons, who was uh, in the army and he later became an evangelist when he got out of the army, he was in Korea and in the Korean War, him and his men, I think he had about 20 men with they were coming up a hill, and the enemy came over the hill and just ambushed them. And Brother Plymouth said they all hit the ground, and he said, listen to this, he said, the Holy Spirit said to me, now it wasn't a voice like you're hearing my voice, it was an impression. It was a witness in his spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me, do not get up. You got enemy coming over the hill they've got bayonets they've already shot and killed some of your men but the Holy Spirit says don't move so brother Plymouth said to some of his men that weren't dead yet he said men God just spoke to me and said do not move they said you are crazy sergeant they got up and tried to defend themselves and every one of them were killed but Brother Plemons laid on the ground, and he said after he willingly laid on the ground, then he said the Holy Spirit came on him and held him on the ground. He said they went around, presumably, and were taking their bayonets and making sure all of his men were dead, all 20 or so of them. They were taking all of their jewelry and things like that. And so he laid there for a long time. Then it became dark. And then he said, after, they had, after the enemy had left, he said the Holy Spirit began to lift off of him. And then he snuck through the night, all through the woods. And that's another miracle story of how uh, Brother Plemons was, there was a great chasm that he got across the great chasm. He must have been transported like Philip was transported, but that's another story. But what I want you to hear, when, when the Lord spoke to him, he was near him and he could hear him. When you're near him, 
you can hear him. And how many knows we really need to hear the Lord? We live in a world of deception. We live in a world, you and I look at some of the things that people are believing and that people are espousing and that people are saying. We look at that and say, how in the world could anybody believe that? There's only one way they could believe that. It's deception. And they don't have the written word in their heart to counteract it. So let me give you a few little quotes here. I think these, these will be meaningful. God speaks to those who seek to hear him. They seek to hear him with humble hearts, and he will speak to those who faithfully listen, act upon his instructions. This is where oftentimes that we are stuck, and I'm talking to myself tonight too, this is where we're stuck sometimes because we have heard the Lord. Now, we're not talking about assuming something or thinking God said something, but when we know we have heard the Lord and we do not act upon it, then that's where you stop. No more revelation. No more understanding. No more direction. You're saying, God, I need this. I need this. And God said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about that back there that you didn't, weren't very interested in obeying? So when we humble our hearts and we faithfully act upon his spoken word, then God will speak with us. Now, I'm not telling you that I hear God every five minutes and God says this and God says that and God, anybody that, that, anybody that says that, I would say to them, well, no wonder I can't hear God. He's always over at your house telling you everything. But but he does speak to his people. And I don't always hear his voice clearly. I don't always discern it properly. But here's what I do want. I want a heart that is pursuing. And even if I miss it, I'm going to get up, wipe off, and say, let's go again. You have to humble if you don't humble yourself, people who are not humble do not seek the will of God. Because why? Because they think they can work everything out themselves. They think, well, I've got this figured out. God, I can take care of this. I'll call you when I need you, just like a spare tire in the car. Whenever I go flat, I'll call and get you to come and air me up and put me back on the road and we'll go again. That's not a relationship with God. Listen to this quote. The ultimate goal is not just getting direction from God, but to know the God who is directing. It's good to get direction from God. I need direction from God. But if that's all your goal is, if you only show up when you, when you want God to direct you and show you how to make more money or show you this or that, if that's the only time you ever show up, you don't have a relationship with God. And the, the, purpose, the purpose is not just to get direction. That's important, but it's to get to know the God who gives the direction. You get to know him. Hey, you know any of my kids, any of my kids that I know and that know me, do you think I'm, gonna, you think I'm not going to give them instruction? I'm going to pour it out freely if it's the proper thing to do and the right thing to do because I want them 
I want them to have the best. I was driving up today and I saw a man on the side of the road with, you know, a cart. Had his little cart full of, I guess, aluminum cans or whatever he was trying to scrounge up some money with. And I thought, wow, folks, that's not the will of God for that man. I don't care who he is. That is not the will of God for that man. Either he knew the will of God and didn't follow it, or he has never known the will of God. But that is not the will of God. God, God wants his humankind to be blessed, to know him, and then to make him known. It's not just to get guidance. Guidance is important. But if you'll seek the guide to know him, he'll show you what to do. Man, we need to hear God. There is so much deception in our world. We need to hear God. Amen? Here's another one. God will not direct casual inquirers. He will not speak to those who don't have the time to listen. Now, this just happened to me just the other day. I sat down at our table with all the kids and grandkids, and I was going to share something I thought was pretty important. So I sat down, and you know, everybody's, they're mesmerized, they're hypnotized. I mean, there's liable to be something come up on that phone, and I'm going to miss it. <sighs> so they're all mes mesmerized, memorized, not memorized, mesmerized, and they're looking at other things, talking to each other, and I said, guess what happened down at the men's retreat? Nobody even heard me, I suppose. I said, hey, y'all, there was a real neat thing that happened down at the men's retreat. I was going to tell them the story of the man, that, the, the pastor that fell, and wow, what a story that was. And uh, nobody heard me. You know what I did? I didn't shout. I didn't scream. I didn't say, why don't y'all listen to me? I got up and walked off. Not important to hear what I have to say? Adios amigos. Did I say it right? And sometimes God, if we're in such a big hurry, if we've got all kinds of other things to do, God says, go ahead and do them. But I'm not with you. I mean, God's always with you. God always loves you. But as far as being sensitive to his direction and showing you this is the way, walk ye in it, God's not, God's not there. If we're not diligent inquirers, now, boy, this, I guess I could really stop right there, couldn't I? In the busy world we live in, we are trying to put God in our schedule. God says, don't work. Don't work. When we move to poetry, and I, I'm kind of like living in a motel right now at my daughter's house. One of my big concerns was, where am I going to have my prayer time? I'm not saying that to impress you. I mean, it was just really a real concern. I thought, well, I can sit out in the truck and pray in the truck. It's cold out there sometimes. I didn't want to pray in old truck. So my daughter and son-in-law have a big barn back there, and they've got this little room. It's about as big as a drum cage. Maybe not even that. I guess it's about that big. So what I did, she said, well, you can use that. It was nasty. It was filthy. It had been flooded and had water standing in it like that over the 10 years that it had been sitting vacant. I said, well, all right, let's go for it. So I had a bunch of paint, a bunch of stuff. 
got it all painted, got it all nice. I've got mirrors on every wall, just about. I've got mirrors. So when you look here, you can see way back there. When you look there, you can see. I mean, it looks big. But that was my concern. Where am I going to spend time with my father? Because I tell God every day, I say, God, I sure do need you. Man, you've been a Christian for all these years and you, you sound more desperate now than you ever were. I am. I need, I need his presence. I need his direction. I need his power in my life. Listen, did you know one mistake, one step in the wrong direction can cost a lot of time and sometimes it can even cost people their eternity. This is not the day to make mistakes. This is not the day to not hear the voice of God. But God doesn't speak to those who are casual inquirers. God can speak through circumstances. Do you remember that God spoke to Jonah with his voice? But Jonah didn't listen. So God said, I see I need to turn the volume up a little bit. And he went into a great fish, a whale. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances. This afternoon, my father-in-law fell. Him and my daughter had gone to Waxahachie for a couple of days of getaway. They got the cabins down there at Lakeview, you know, that... that Retired Assembly of God preachers can go and use them. So my father-in-law, 91, went down there, and we got a call just as soon as they got there. He'd gotten out of the car, I guess was going to unload something, and fell. And then apparently, I just talked to Tawana a few minutes ago, apparently he rolled down a hill about four feet. And they're in the hospital right over here in Rockwall right now. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances. Now, Everything that happens is not God trying to get our attention. But sometimes it wouldn't hurt to stop and say, Lord, this sure is strange. Tawana wanted to be here. She can't be here. You got to be with her dad. What, what's going on here? What's, what is it, is, is it? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just life. Sometimes it's just life, you know. But maybe, maybe God is trying to speak to you through the circumstance. It doesn't hurt to look. It doesn't hurt to ask, right? What are you trying to say to me, Lord, if anything, in these circumstances? And then another way God speaks to us is through wise counsel. And please hear this. God can speak to us through somebody's wise counsel. Here is the caveat. We don't go to people to get them to hear the Lord for us. We go to people to get them wise people, wise counsel, leaders. We go to the mature to get them to confirm what God has spoken to our heart. In other words, we can't be so lazy. We just say, well, Brother Angel, why don't you seek God for me and see what he tells you that I should do? God's not going to talk to him about that. I mean, they're... God can do anything he wants, but in general, generally, God's not going to do that. God says, you seek me for yourself. 
Now, Pastor Angel or Pastor Mike or Pastor Andrea can confirm what God has already spoken to you, and that's good to go to them and say, I'm feeling like doing this. Is this the will of God? Do you think this is the will of God? Would you pray about it? They'll be glad to pray about it. But don't try to get someone to hear God for you because if you're a child of God, God is your father, and he wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. Somebody say hallelujah for that. Psalm 48, the psalmist said, I delight to do your will. 1 John 2.17 said, The world passes away in the lust thereof, but whoever does the will of the Father abides forever. And the very words of Jesus, the very words of Jesus in Matthew Jesus said, Matthew, in Matthew 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that thinks about doing the will of God. You didn't hear me, did you? It didn't say he that thinks about doing the will of God. It said he that does the will of God. Now, I'm not just preaching to you. I, I need to hear these kind of things every once in a while. I need to know that God's will is important. Now, here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes we miss God's will. Sometimes it doesn't work out like we thought it would or hoped it would or thought it should. And so what, what do we do? This is what we instinctively do. We retract. We back off and say, you know, that stuff didn't work. Now, listen, just because it didn't work one time doesn't mean it's not going to work the next time. Maybe you'll have things lined up a little better. Maybe, maybe you'll hear God a little clearer. But don't ever stop pursuing God's will because when you walk in God's will, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have peace. You're going to have, have strength when you walk in God's will. Is this okay so far? In Acts 9, <laughs> this is two great questions to ask. You remember Paul when he got knocked off his horse, Acts 9, 5, and 6. A voice comes, a vision comes. The men, the men around him didn't see it, but, but Saul at that time, who later became Paul, Saul said, listen to this, verse 5, Who are you, Lord? Good question to ask, isn't it? In verse 6, what do you want me to do? Who are you? What? That's what we ought to be asking God. Who are you? Show me. Teach me. Let me learn of you more. Let me take that yoke upon me and learn of you. And then what do you want me to do? The will of God is important. Now, here is something to incorporate as you seek the Lord about, about impressions and voices. Am I the only one? Do you guys, do y'all get impressions? And you hear voices and stuff like that. It's, it's, you're not weird if you do because the, the Bible says, Paul said, there are many voices in the world. So there are voices out there. Some of them are not of God, though. And what you have to do, Colossians 3.15, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God, 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And the word rule here doesn't simply mean to exist it means to reign and be a deciding factor. If you don't have peace, especially about a major decision, don't move. 
I'm going to tell you a little story. It was about a most unusual, my most memorable trip to Houston. I was in a church service. Uh, we came to the altar like we do here so often. And as people were mingling, a man came up to me and he said, the Lord, would, the Lord says, you are his servant. And, and, and he started telling me all these things, how wonderful I was. Well, you know, we all like to hear that, right? You know, God's, God's going to use you mightily. And he just poured it on. I said, well, praise God. You know, that, that's wonderful. Well, he went off and I walked off. And then after church, he came up to me and said, uh, the Lord, the Lord would, would have you to take me down to the bus station downtown. We were in Dallas. Would, would you do that? And I said, well, if the Lord wants me to, sure. Now, remember, I was a young Christian. I hadn't been saved more than a year. I want, so if there's any young Christians here, I want you to listen to me. So I took him to the bus station. Now, on the way to the bus station, he said, there's a park over there. Let's pull over there and let's, let's sit on that park bench and let's pray. Well, who, what Christian doesn't want to stop and pray, right? <laughs> so we're over there on the park bench praying. And he says, oh, the Lord would say that he would have you to take my servant, speaking of himself, my servant to Houston. So I'm a year old Christian, remember, old drug addict, just coming out of the drug lifestyle, old hippie. And this guy's saying, thus saith the Lord, take my servant to Houston. And I said, well, would it be all right if I call my mother? Yea, I would say unto thee, thou shalt not call your mother. Now, how many knows that's a deceiving spirit that tells you not to call your mother? But I didn't pick up on it. We get, we get nearly to Houston. Now, by this time, it's 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. This, this is after the end of church and 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And we pull over at this rest stop to rest. And you know what? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Something inside of me said, this don't seem right. You know what it was? It was the Holy Spirit. Speaking to my spirit, I didn't know that it was the Holy Spirit at that time. I'd only been saved a year. But inside my spirit, it was, this don't feel right. Now, you can't always go by feelings, but in this case, I, it just felt, it didn't feel right. There was no peace of God ruling in my heart. So, I got up and we started driving the next morning. It's about daybreak now. And I said, uh, Sir, I don't know what it is, but I, I just don't, I don't feel right about this. And he said, why? What's the matter? I said, well, I, I don't know. It just, something just don't, it just don't feel right. Well, you don't want to obey the Lord? Well, sure, I wanted to obey the Lord. But see, I was a young Christian. I didn't know that he wasn't the Lord and that I could hear from the Lord for myself and it needs to be confirmation in my heart. And by the way, what really 
made me suspicious was now the Lord was telling, through him telling me to take him to South America. Now, I'm dumb, but I ain't that dumb. Hey, whoa, South America? Hey, I don't think so, Jackson. So listen to what happened. He gets out of the car. By the way, I had no money. I was just about out of gas because the man of God was going to take care of everything, right? He gets out of the car and he takes money out of his billfold, Pastor Angel, and slams it on the dash and says, open the trunk. And he got his bag out of the trunk and stepped over on the highway. I hate to tell you what he said, but he cussed me out. Does, does a fountain send forth bitter water and sweet water out of the same fountain? I said, boo boy, now I know I'm in the will of God. I'll see you later. Adios, amigos, yes. But what I'm saying is this, folks. That inner witness in your spirit we don't always get it right, but, but that inner witness in your spirit is, with, with women, they call it intuition, and I don't know, but as a child of God, it's not just intuition. There's just something inside of there that says, this ain't right, and if you don't know what to do, just stop. Back off. Don't get yourself into something that you will later regret because it will be real hard to do. Every thought that comes to your mind is not from the Lord. Now, I've just got about 10 more minutes. How many will give me 10 minutes? How many will give me 10 minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40. That's plenty. Thank you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world so that you will know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We can know the will of God. And here's the key right here. When things come to our mind, they can be just stuff that we thought of. They can be the enemy. The enemy has a voice. Anybody ever heard the enemy's temptation and voice? Has God said... The enemy can have a voice, but here is a, is a, let me give you two quick things. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God puts the desire in there, and then God puts the ability to do what he has told you to do. Now, here's something to connect with that scripture. Every desire I have is not necessarily the will of God. So here's what I do personally. I personally die to human reasoning and I pray and die to human desire if it's contrary to the will of God. Sometimes the desire God puts in there, it's his will. But just because you have a desire, you've got to submit it to the Lord and say, okay, God, if this, is, if this is you, then that's great. Let's go with it. But if it's not you, I die to human reasoning and human desire. What is human reasoning? Human reasoning is what I think it ought to be. Human desire is what I want it to be. Now, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things I've gotten myself into a mess because I wanted to do it so bad. 
Some of y'all are still paying on that truck that you wanted so bad, aren't you? I wasn't thinking of you, Brother Tommy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't really. But you got into stuff because human desire. So I just say, God, I die to human wisdom. I die to human desire. And I want your will in this matter. If this is your desire, let's go for it. If it's not, let's stop. Let's seek the will of God. Somebody say, let's seek the will of God. So you renew your mind. Now, here's a real, real important element in all of this. He said you do it by renewing your mind with the Word. Right? You know what the Word says. Now, here's a great, great thing to know, reason to know. The reason we know the Word is, listen, when we hear a voice... Or we hear an impression that is contrary to the will of God or contrary to the word of God by process of elimination, we throw it out. If something comes to you and, and because you have renewed your mind in the word and it's contrary to the word, the desire or the impression that's coming to you, if it's contrary to the word that you have renewed your mind with, then by process of elimination, you can say, wait a minute, here's what the word says, and here's what this impression says, and they are, is it mutually exclusive? Is that how you say that, Kevin, when they're different? Mutually exclusive and not the same? This one says this, and this one says this, and they are different. So you eliminate it because it is not according to the word of God. If you don't know the word, if you don't know the word, the enemy is so subtle. He can make stuff look so good. Eve, look, look at this tree. Isn't it, isn't it beautiful for, doesn't it look good for food? Don't, don't you have a desire to eat some of it, Eve? Yeah, I do, but God said if I eat it, I might die. God didn't say you might die. God said you would die. If I eat it, and then the enemy says, but God knows. Here, here is the strike, the blow of that dirty, low-down, stinking snake. He says, God knows that when you eat that fruit, he knows you're going to be like him, and he don't want that. In other words, he was saying to Eve, and he says to you and me, hear me, hear me, church. He says, God is withholding something from you. Now, Psalm, Psalm I think it's 84, 11 says, no good thing. And the word thing, I believe, is in italic, so it's no good in the original. No good will God withhold from them who walk uprightly before him. So when the enemy comes and says, you are missing out, God is withholding. When you have the word in your mind, when you have the word in your heart, you say, no, no, no good thing. No good thing. Now, when that voice or that impression comes and says, you can't be forgiven. When that voice or that impression comes and says, you are a loser. 
Well, see, you have to take the word of God, Isaiah 43, 25, I think it is. I, even I am he that blots out your transgressions and will remember your sins no more. So you take that that's in your heart and in your mind. You hold that up when the enemy says you're a loser and you can't be forgiven. You say, no, Isaiah 43, 25. What did Jesus do? It is written. Now, listen to this. I'm, I'm about to wrap it up here. I can, I can tell you're getting tired. It's, 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 I'm tired too. They, that, that brother Elijah makes me play those fast songs. An old man up there playing fast songs on the drums. That is just, that's, that's, that's elder abuse, I think. Now listen. When you have the word of God in you. See, here, here's the way this works. Here's something, oh, please get this. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this. If God is speaking, God is never saying to you, look inward what a bad person you are. You know what God is saying? God will say, look upward what a good God I am. You see the difference? If you, if you introspect too much, Hey, if we introspected all of us in here, I mean, there's not a one of us that would have a bit of faith left because we know we have failed. We know we have messed up. We know we haven't obeyed God. And so we wouldn't have any faith left if all we were doing was looking at how bad we are, but instead we need to look and see how good God is. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, here's something else. God would never say to any of us, if you're a Christian, God would never say, you'll never hear God say, what a lousy Christian you are. You know why? It's too general in nature. If God's dealing with us, it's going to be specific. God wouldn't say, what a lousy Christian you are, but you know what he might say? He might say, you sure did mistreat your wife yesterday, that's specific. And here's another thing. Oh, man. Come on, somebody hear this. God has never, will never say to any Christian, give up and quit trying. If you have a voice, if you hear an impression that says quit, give up, you may feel like quitting. You may want to quit. Quit may seem like the best option, but God's not talking to you. Your emotions may be talking to you. The circumstances may be talking to you. But if you will be faithful to God and don't quit, you will come out victorious on the other side. Hallelujah. God never says give up, quit trying. God says shape up and quit sinning. There's a difference. There's a big difference. One more. God would never say, you will never hear a voice, you will never hear an impression. If you're a child of God, you will never hear an impression that says, go because there is no hope. There is no resolution. Your situation is totally hopeless, so you just need to go. Do you know Jesus 
always says, come. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. Come, he says. Hallelujah. God will never say go. There's a day coming he'll say go. There's a day at the end of time when God's going to say go and depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. But right now, it's come. So if you ever hear a voice, if you ever hear an impression that says go, leave, quit, there is no hope, there is no resolution, it is not God. God always says, come. Always. So, the key in our lives, one key, is not just to seek the God, not just to seek God's direction, but to seek the God who directs. See, this is all about relationship, isn't it? It's all about relationship. We can give formulas and we can say one, two, three, do that. And that, those are okay. But at the end of the day, it's all about relationship. Do you want to serve, serve God? Do you love your Father? Are you, do you enjoy being in His presence? The Bible says in His presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's a good place to hide right now in the presence of the Lord. Brother Elijah, do you know that song, In the Presence of Jehovah? Why don't we just lift our hands right now and let's just worship the Lord. Or you could play Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome Holy Spirit. Oh, he wants a relationship with us. And I feel like there's somebody here, it didn't work out like you hoped it would, like you thought it would, but God is saying, God is saying, don't quit, don't give up. I just thought of something, I've been up here walking for 30 or 40 minutes and my back is not bothering me, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> thank you Lord, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, there's some precious, precious people here gathered tonight who've been going through lots of stuff, and you know all about it. And I just ask you, Lord, to refresh us. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, refresh us. Refresh us, Lord. There's so many in our congregation who are sick and suffering and have had loss Holy Spirit, let them hear your voice tonight, Holy Spirit, saying, come, come, come. Don't go. Don't leave. Don't quit. Don't quit. The Father is waiting. The Father is waiting. Don't you sense his presence? Would you stand and let's give him some praise in the house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy. 